Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. The concept is pretty simple. 
Me and a guest sit down, two microphones are in front of us, a record button is pressed, and we give you five reasons each to back a Star Wars topic. Get it? Got it? Good. Here we are for Star Wars Ranked. And last time I was by myself, a little bit of a scheduling snafu, but also just wanted to talk about Game of Thrones and Star Wars combined together at last. Thank you guys for reaching out. That episode was well received, but my voice, you've heard enough. I've got back Joseph Scrimshaw. Yay, I am happy to be here and add my voice to yours. Absolutely. I love ranking the Star Wars <laughs> with you. And we've got, a, we've got a different one today. Yeah, absolutely. Nice twist. Nice twist. What a twist. Don't feel bad saying, uh, pulling back the curtain to let you guys know what this one's about. Today is the best silly moments in the original trilogy. Uh, that means a lot of things, Joseph, but most of all... The original trilogy is, is so warm in the hearts of all of us fans. Yes. Because it's, for most of us, the first thing. Exactly. And there is a lot of great moments in those three great movies. But I got to tell you, there's some really downright silly things. Now, that doesn't mean bad. That actually means good. Yeah. That means things that when I saw in 1983, I laughed, I giggled. And I talked about it, and I celebrated them. And then as you get older, you get a little more cynical, and you look back at some of these things, you're thinking, uh, and then the new movies come out, and you go, uh, that was too <laughs> silly, that was too funny. Case in point, Force Awakens. I love that movie. You love that movie. John Boyega's line about droid please, and then also, you got a boyfriend, cute boyfriend. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Because I'm a snooty Star Wars fan now. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if I was a kid, I'd probably be laughing all the way to the bank. Joseph, does this make sense? It absolutely makes sense, uh, partially because I'm just that tiny bit older than you. Yeah, just a I had the time between Empire and Jedi to build up expectations, mm. and that's what this is about, is you build up expectations of what Star Wars is to you, you start to take it seriously, and then a part of Star Wars DNA is kind of weird things, things that don't quite track, big yeah. goofy moments, and when you've had time to be like, well, what's going to happen? Is Luke going to become a Jedi? Will he Will he kill Vader? Well, will, will Han Solo ever make it out? And then you <laughs> see some of the weird things that happen in Return of the Jedi that I'm yeah. sure will be in our lists, and you're like... What? Come yeah. on. But then, you know, somebody who just sees that for the first time. Right. And that's the thing with the original trilogy. I think for the most part, even if you are eight years old, you probably saw that first. Your right. parents probably showed it to you first, and your parents probably presented it to you like, oh, yeah. here is the Star Wars gospel. <laughs> as it was written in the late 70s, early 80s, yeah. so shall it be. And we accept it as is. Yeah. Instead of analyzing it as, it is something that was created by a bunch of people and yeah. what do we think? And now we attack everything from that perspective of yes, everything is a choice that we can agree with or disagree with. But in general, the original trilogy is just, this is what was. Yeah. And so it shall be. <laughs> so it's really fun to go back and go like, what was weird? What was yeah. dorky? What, what might we pick apart if these movies came out brand new today? Absolutely. So this, like I said, the best silly moments in the original trilogy could be funny little moments. It could be concepts that now would be a little weird. Yeah. Uh, or, or like you said, debated in a chat room or on a reaction podcast. <laughs> uh, all those type of things. So that is the theme today. And I'm sure you guys will have moments out there that you want to add or agree 
agree with, and you can do that always with the hashtag Star Wars Ranked after that. So that's what we got. We work our way five to one. Joseph, I'm going to start with your number five. My number five is just a straight-up error. There are a lot of them in A New Hope because they just had to use the footage. But, I mean, this is everybody knows about the Stormtrooper whacking his head. I think a lot of people know about this, but this is probably... My favorite because there's mm-hmm. not really a good way to canon around it. Yeah. It is the scene where Vader is talking to Grand Moff Tarkin. He stops talking, but he continues to point at him. The Darth Vader sign language for I am saying anything but join me is pointing. A fist is join me. Everything else that he says is pointing. Got that pointer finger going. And it's, uh, it's right after Vader says to Tarkin, I told you she would never consciously betray the rebellion. And then for just, I don't know, a second a and a half. Just a beat. He points, just points, point, 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 and nothing is happening. And I just kind of love it because the only way you can imagine it's like Vader had something else to say, and it's like it's late at night at the bar, and you know when you have something else to say, yeah. and you're like, ah, 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 and you're moving your hand, but you can't think of it. still in thought, but the words yeah, aren't like, coming up. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> like if they had uh, dubbed in that a Vader thinking noise of like, mm, <laughs> Like he had something more to say to Target. Right. So I love that. And if just a straight up error. Yeah. Like people saw Star Wars a million times in the theater in, in 77. Did they catch that? If they did, did they care? What were the discussions? Yeah, they certainly didn't have a place to complain about it. But if there was an error like that in Rogue One where oh, Vader yeah. stopped talking but he kept pointing and they didn't cut it. Yeah. It would be just like... It, did Kathleen Kennedy die? What happened? <laughs> How did this happen? I got to tell you, in Rogue One, I wish there was a moment when Vader did stop talking. <laughs> exactly. And just spoke with his hands. Exactly. But yeah, that's absolutely, because I, I am, I'm going to have to go dig this up. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But it's so subtle. It's so just part of my upbringing of seeing it as is and not question it that I, I, I would never have thought of that moment. Yeah. It's not in my brain. Because I just accepted what I saw on screen. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's a silly, joyful moment. Yeah. Vader keeps pointing. That's my number five. Vader keeps pointing. My number five comes from Return of the Jedi in the heat of a big battle to decide the fate of the galaxy. <laughs> Imperial walkers, ATSDs, or ATSITs for stubborn people like me, are racing through the floor of Endor, taking out Ewoks, the Rebel Alliance, and their allies, the Ewoks, have to take down one of these walkers to even out the odds. And they do, thanks to the fine, brave work of Chewbacca and two Ewoks. And there's a moment where Chewbacca and these Ewoks are swinging on a vine (laughs) towards the all-terrain scout transport when you hear Chewbacca give a Tarzan-like scream. I died laughing in the theater. (laughs) I died laughing in the theater, but I gotta tell you, that is one of the silliest moments that I love the callback from in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. I love that Lucas was like, you know what these Wookiees love to do? Scream like Tarzan, a creature <laughs> they don't even know about. Exactly. And it was maligned a little bit probably in the prequels, but I think even in the prequels in that era, even by Revenge of the Sith and the first two movies maybe had disappointed, I think you heard that and there was a warm part of your heart. But I guarantee now... If in the Han Solo movie, oh. Chewbacca does that, there might be a legion of fans who don't like that and think it's too silly. Exactly. I don't. I think I rolled with it when I was a yeah. kid, but I very quickly came around to nope, because that was one of the very first examples of the real world intruding on Star Wars too much. Yes. 
where he's like, it's, it's only funny if you step out of the fantasy of Star Wars right. and recognize, that's ah, a Tarzan yell. You know, from Tarzan. <laughs> you know what? Just make Tarzan canon and I'd be happier with it. <laughs> happier with it. <laughs> Tarzan was roaming the grounds of uh, Endor or Kashyyyk and taught yeah. the Wookiees. He taught the Wookiees. Taught yeah. the Wookiees how to swing. Greystoke of Kashyyyk, Tarzan. So that's my number five. Chewbacca goes Tarzan. That's a great one. That is a great one. Uh, my number four is a moment that is a very good moment, a great moment that is also married to a very weird choice that always amuses me, and that's Luke's head nod to Vader. The triumphant moment we see where Palpatine believes he has won. He believes that he has turned Luke to the dark side and tells Luke to take his rightful place at his side. And Luke does the great take of looking at his father's severed robotic hand, crunching in on his own mechanical hand and realizing, I don't want to go down this path. Triumphantly throws his lightsaber away and says, you failed. I am a Jedi like my father before me. That's great. So powerful. Very, very powerful moment. But if you really watch it, when he says, like my father before me, he does a little head nod back at his father, <laughs> which would be great if his father was standing up triumphantly. Proud. But he is on the ground, breathing heavily, broken and ashamed. And it's this very, it's just such a weird choice. Like, <laughs> I am a Jedi like my father, whose ass I just kicked <laughs> before me. And it, it totally works. I don't want to ruin this moment for anyone. No, it's a, yeah. One of my favorite moments. It totally works all by itself. But if you just zero down to the head nod, it's yeah. funny. It's silly. It's fun. It's absolutely silly because there's moments in Rogue One of Force Awakens that we're like, well, why did the, why did Cassie and Andor look at uh, Jyn Erso in that way? Uh, are they in love? I thought they were. <laughs> Th- that moment would be picked apart, but it's a great moment. It, it doesn't stand out to me. Uh, again, I just accepted it, yeah. but you're right because what Luke is basically like, he's like, you know, like this powerful creature to the right over here, and yeah. like Palpatine would be like, hey, the, the, the crumpled hump of <laughs> metal and bones over there. What do you? I don't care. Yeah, uh, I love it. That's a very uh, subtle. That's a very yeah, subtle, it's a very subtle one. It's also just like just in case Palpatine didn't know where his father was. Right. You know, my father yeah. over there. <laughs> That's it. That's the other yeah. point. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. Didn't even think in those terms. Anyway, you know, like love my, it. My father before me. You know, oh, there he is, right there. Like I my know. father before me, the one behind me. Sorry, I don't I, mean to do a who's on yeah. first with you. I met Palpatine. him as a kid. <laughs> I know who he is. I might have made him. That's, number, so that's number four. That's my number four. Luke nods. My number four is going back to Return of the Jedi. Now we have a lot of Jedi on this list, but I don't want you guys to lose faith. We're going to have some other movies represented as well here. And we've already had The New Hope. Uh, but uh, go uh, go back to Jedi, back to Endor. The Rebels have been captured. More on that later. But the Rebels have been <laughs> captured by the Ewoks, taken back to their village, and these vicious little murder bears, which is a trademark <laughs> term from Joseph Scrimshaw. I think I'll use some royalties for saying that recently on Jedi Council. Um, they, uh, they are going to cook and eat our heroes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty vicious. Despite the fluffy little nature of the Ewoks and the zippers showing on their costumes, like that's pretty vicious. It's a moment. Yeah. So how does Han Solo try to get out of it? He blows on the flames <laughs> as the Ewoks are comically going, doo, 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 singing a little happy worker song. Yeah. And Han, somewhat though in character, is desperately trying to blow out their flames. Yeah. It is one of my favorite Han moments. Now, when I say, and Joseph and I say, these moments are silly, again, doesn't mean they're bad, but they're 
a little comical, a little personality, their airs, uh, things that we've just accepted. And I grew up, that makes sense to me as Han Solo. Yeah. And it also ties a little bit into Han we saw in Force Awakens. It was kind of funny. Had some funny, humorous moments. Maybe he's not an improv performer like maybe <laughs> Lord Miller wanted him to be, but you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it all ties together. But again, it is a somewhat serious moment. Our, our heroes are about to be eaten, they're captured. And it's, you got the, the worker bee song with the Ewoks, and then Han, the biggest, most sexy, scoundrelly rogue in the galaxy, is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment. Yeah, but maybe maybe he thought there was a jug there, and he was trying to play along with the song. <laughs> Country bear jamboree. Country bear jamboree. Country murder bear jamboree. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that moment because on one hand, it is like too potentially too wacky of humor. That's yeah. But this is about silly is baked into Star Wars, and we get yeah. we still get grumpy about it. So it belongs there. It also there's something about it that fits the Han character to me. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. of he always thinks he can get out of something, even if the odds are like never tell me the odds. Right. I can blow out this huge torch. Yeah, I, you know, I always get out of things. Yeah, you know, I'm always good. I land yep. on my feet. I land on my feet. Not not that way. Not this time. Right. But I can try. Right. Uh, and I love that moment. It is of Han, but it's definitely silly. That's my number four. Han it's a good one. Blow out the flames. It's a good one. My number three is uh, leaving Return of the Jedi. It is going back to A New Hope, and it is something that plenty of people have joked about, uh, but it is something that I think would really get picked apart uh, in this day and age, mm-hmm. and that is the medal ceremony on Yavin. Oh, yeah. Because, again, in the context of this one film made in 1977 without knowing or thinking that it would continue in a bunch of middle-aged guys and young people would be doing podcasts, <laughs> it does, it's, why don't they leave? Right. The Empire, this fearsome, galaxy-wide organization, knows exactly where the entire Rebel Alliance is. And what do they do? They clean up. They fix their droids, <laughs> they put on their finest, and they have a big party. Almost as if to say, we've calculated the light speed. We know exactly how long it'll take you to get here. We're going to have to run for our lives in five minutes, but first, party. We know we're safe. We know we're safe. We know, and as we've seen now with Rogue One, we know that the Empire is a fully functional giant armada. Exactly. They don't seem too concerned about it on the moon of Yavin. Nope. I don't know if, like, just word isn't traveling fat real fast that the Death Star blew up. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, you, you know, and I know there's canon patches out there, and I know there's yep. canon that deals with them escaping Yavin. And Well, the first issue of the Leia comic has everyone freaking out. And yeah. Akbar's there, because turns out Akbar was down on the ground there. Um, they're screaming, and they evacuate. The Empire's found us. It's like moments after. Yeah. So I guess the ceremony was going on during that time. Maybe that's why Akbar wasn't there. It was a, a, could you handle the metal ceremony and I'll start the evacuation? <laughs> exactly. He was busy evacuating. And yeah. our head cannon, Radis, was alive and still there, yeah, too. Still exactly. There. Yeah, but, but you just, you think about it in context of, like, the crushing power of the Empire and the yeah. horror that they know exactly where they are and they have to be furious at the destruction of the Death Star. Yeah. And, but first... Some light snacks and some awards. 
I love it. I love it. And then the, that YouTube video that went around a few years ago of the, the song, the, the score removed. Yeah, it's how Some awkward it is. Awkward coughs placed in there. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it'd be like. Yeah. What are we doing? What? Why aren't they leaving? we got to get out of here. Yeah, this would be 8 million BuzzFeed articles of like, <laughs> the problems with A New Hope. It might be good, but there are problems other people are not seeing. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, what have we done with the power we have in society? <laughs> That's your number three. That is my number three, the medal ceremony. My number three is in <gasps> The Empire Strikes Back. What? The hallowed grounds what? of the greatest Star Wars movie ever. It is on Dagobah. And that is when the dragon snake spits out R2-D2. <laughs> now, it's, a, it's not like a big, emotionally deep moment. We have that later on in Dagobah. But it's tense. Mm-hmm. By this point, we love R2. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm okay with the, uh, I'm okay with all of it, but I'm okay with the moment where Luke's screaming and screaming, R2, R2, and R2's little little sensor pops up, and whir, 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 everything's fine. Yeah. Like, that's great. That's a great, fun, silly moment. That's, that's what R2 would do. He's sassy. But then the little, the dragon snake, as we now know it's called, because I missed that question in a trivia contest recently. <laughs> um, they, they, uh, he swallows R2. It's a moment of tension. And he spit out comically. Yeah. Like the episode of The Simpsons where the <laughs> s- uh, pig with an apple in its mouth is flying across spring- Springfield. Yeah. Uh, Smithers, when pigs fly, uh, sir. Um, it's still good. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> and R2 crash land, and he makes a <laughs> sound. It's like. Uh, it's, yeah, the droid Wilhelm scream. It is. It's completely comical in a serious movie. Though Empire at times is very funny as well. Yeah, absolutely. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Uh, It might be the most funny Star Wars movie. And so far, I think Force Awakens has some great funny moments. Um, But this one's always stood out out of place to me that it's just a silly, comical, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, someone got shot out of a cannon flying moment. (laughs) It's the air that bothers you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if he had been spit across that little bog and just boom, crunched into a tree. Oh, yeah. It'd been more visceral. Yeah, but the fact that we're like, we have to, this dragon snake is like, mmm, dinner. Ooh, it's crunchy. Patooey! And spits him out. Yeah. I can't. I just, it's too silly at times. And doesn't Luke actually say good thing he doesn't like droids? Mm hmm. Yeah. And then we have the, the uh, head burp yeah. coming out. Yeah, uh, with like, spitting out all the mud. Yeah, that's right. Now yeah. that's you like that. That's okay. Yeah, again, it's the air. It's just the air. It's the air. <laughs> it's it's the it's the arc. Yeah, it's yeah. the arc. Okay, yeah. R 2s arc is too high, too wacky. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they put that there to put that sense of like we don't know what Dagobah is. It's full of danger. We're going into the unknown. Empire was still really connected to the serial roots. We're like adventure every second. Yeah. A new a new problem. Right. But then within all that, you're right. He goes for a, the dragon snake goes for a three point shot with R2. Yeah, and I also think it led to, I mean, this is Empire, so I'm trying to think of Jedi, you know. I mean, I could have easily included uh, R2 shocking an Ewok in the ass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Could have easily, but I didn't want to pile on Jedi. <laughs> and this moment says, because then it leads to a lot of things in the prequels that even a prequelist like myself rolls his eyes at with R2. Some of it is too comical. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even on Sith, when he, you know, the two, what that, 
don't pay, don't bother that. Back to this. And then R2 like spits oil on him and burns them. Yeah. Ingenious way, but it's just done in this over the top comical. So I think you looked at this moment as the first time really you thunk. Think R two doesn't just have personality; he's a he's a comedian. Okay, you know? does that okay. make sense? Absolutely. The dragon snake jumped yeah. the shark. He jumped the shark. It's a jump the dragon snake moment. Jump the dragon. That snake. is my number three. The That's dragon snake. That's a good one. Well, I, out I was also trying to go light on Return of the Jedi because I think Return of the Jedi just has a lot more it silly does. comic moments. It does. But this one I could not resist for my number two. My number two is the Looney Tunes trap on Endor. It is when Wiley e. Coyote works yeah. with the Ewoks to capture the hope and saviors of the galaxy in a big net. Uh, yeah, the, the ass shocking of the Ewoks. A million things. A million things you could talk about in Return of the Jedi, but this is the one that always gets me. Yeah. That Chewie goes for meat. Yeah. Like, they're enough. The Wookiees are enough of an agrarian society yeah. uh, that they would sort of recognize these kind of tricks. They're, they're highly intelligent creatures. They're highly intelligent I mean? creatures, and he's just that hungry that he's got to eat a thing. And then, again, I kind of like this comedy. I like the act. I mean, mm-hmm. they get caught in the net, and it's yeah. a total Wiley Coyote moment. Yeah. And I do like the moment where Luke says, can you reach my lightsaber? And Han, sure. very cocky, sure sure, 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 and just spins it around. That is funny, mm-hmm. but... Real silly, wacky, funny. Yeah. Can you imagine if something like that happened in like Act Two of Rogue One? Absolutely. It, I mean, absolutely not. Meaning, meaning we would absolutely tear it apart. Yeah. We would. I mean, the way we kind of analyze that Rogue One battle, and I think you and I and Jennifer are pretty. We're pretty positive Star Wars yeah. podcasters, but other people would, you know, would have issues with a lot of it. And yeah, if you're in the middle of all that. There's a little trap. Yeah. And uh, some creature in Rogue One. Oh, look at a meat. Whoa. We would throw our hats down and we two stars. Yeah. 16, 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. And we, like you said, BuzzFeed would make posts about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to imagine a, like a beat like this where uh, they've gone to assassinate Galen Erso. And sure, Emway is, is running down those, the rocky, wet path. And he just falls yeah. like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Head over heels. Ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, uh, ee, ah, ooh, uh. Yeah. And be like, it would probably be real funny. Yeah. Maybe not. Shouldn't be there. Maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it's a place for debate. I, uh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's to me what this Looney Tunes trap on Endor is. Well, that is your number two. My number two. Ewoks and Wiley e. Coyote <laughs> working hand in hand. My number two. Guess what? It's back to Return of the Jedi. See Excellent. it again for the first time. And that is going to Tatooine, going to uh, the Pitacarcoon above the Sarlacc pit's mouth, the maw of the Sarlacc. And that is Boba Fett. Boba Fett. The death of Boba Fett. But not so much him flying, screaming, hitting the barge, falling in, and Sarlacc pit burping. That, believe me, is tremendously <laughs> silly. But I want to focus on the moment before. I don't think a lot of people focus on the silly aspect that... Here is Han, who we mentioned is going to try to blow out flames to escape death. He is a hero. Yeah. And he saves himself and in some ways saves the day by blindly striking his foe in the back with a stick as he screams comically, Where's Boba Fett? Where's Boba Fett? Hits him. Boba Fett flies off and dies. And back then, for me, it was like, great, Han's a hero. I guarantee you if that came up now... People would be so upset because it came up a little bit later. Now, 
with Jar Jar, it's not a fair comparison to this yeah. moment. But Jar Jar saves the day in Phantom Menace by doing things on accident. And we sit here and people launch entire YouTube channels in Wisconsin <laughs> based off this. And they, they be, find success off of saying, well, heroes don't do things by accident to save the day. They should yeah. do something by choice, something from their character. Blowing out the flames, though silly, might be a character choice that Han would make. Absolutely. But blindly going, where's my enemy? Where's my enemy? Hit thunk. Oh, he's dead. Where did I kill him? Did I kill him? That is a, a tremendously silly moment. One of my favorites is a yeah. youth. But one as time's gone on, I'm like, uh, would I accept that now? Yeah. I don't know. Does it make you mad now? Or are you enough of a Boba Fett fan? Or like, not my Boba Fett. Not that way. Not so much that uh, I'm enough of a Han fan that it's fine. Again, we this is, these aren't bad notes, but it's yeah. just I watch this and I'm like, that... That is a character being saved by an accident. Yeah. And that is something that we as, as film fans, pundits and critics, and even in some cases writers like we yeah. are, uh, are told not to do. Yeah. And you can interpret it as the will of the force. Yeah. But as we're sitting here talking, it's making me think, you know, how much Lucas loved old serials, loved old adventures. Mm-hmm. You know, and he when he was going to the movie theater... Or watching on TV, even as, as a youth, he was probably seeing old Laurel and Hardy. He was probably seeing old Marx Brothers, old Three Stooges. And I think maybe that's just a part of the DNA, is that he likes physical comedy. And that's what a lot of these come down to is, yeah. we got a little physical comedy mixed in with our Star Wars. We got we got Jar Jar stepping in the in the doo doo yeah uh, yeah and I think I think you're absolutely right and that's not a, that's not a bad thing no Again, those are all great comedians these, these are moments that I've enjoyed at one point or another in my Star Wars career but yeah it's definitely an interesting choice that I, I think more than that is more than anything for me would stand up uh, it would not stand up to today's scrutiny yeah I'm delighted by how many of yours involve yelling R two R two both that both that. It's something there. Yeah, so that is, uh, that's your number two? That is my number two. So, as we like to do, I'm going to list my number one so we can close with my guest number oh, one you. here. And uh, my number one, well, we're going to go to Star Wars A New Hope for an entire generation. Star Wars fans everywhere saw this scene and had no problem with it. <laughs> Let's take you to the Blockade Runner, the uh, Ten of Four. Uh, we've got our two droids that will become our heroes. We love these droids. C-3PO and again R2-D2. And they're the first one. C-3PO is the first one to speak. We get a little exposition. We understand their interplay as characters. They've got a little uh, competition going. They're friendly, but they don't always get along. There's a cute little fighting vibe yeah, between them. they're Laurel and Hardy. They're Laurel and Hardy. And the uh, pensive faces of the Rebellion and the Rebels uh, ready for a firefight. The faceless, mean stormtroopers are coming in, and the firefight ensues, and everyone's running around the corridors. And... R2 and 3PO need to get to safety, so they cross a firefight. <laughs> now, I know we say stormtroopers aren't great shots back then, yeah. but this is a completely over-the-top, comical moment in one of the most iconic beginnings to any film series. Yeah. This is what the, the sequence that changed cinema. Yeah. Spaceship flies over. What are we watching? We got these under unarmed uh, or not uh, underarmed and under armored rebels fighting the sleek armored bad guy. We know right away the stormtroopers are bad. We don't even need Vader to to tell us that. And these droids, we immediately have some sympathy for him. And then this just really comical. It's this out of place 
comical moment that, again, I loved as a kid and I still love now. Do not yeah. misunderstand me. This is stuff. I love the silly stuff of Star Wars, but I think this one. This one, more than any other one I've said today, Joseph, <laughs> and there's no screaming in this one. If this were to happen in Rogue One, if K2SO had simply walked and walked and and blaster bolts went all around him and he just didn't acknowledge it was just got to safety we'd be like bullshit yeah and 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 yet this one was part of a sequence that changed the world and we accepted it that's that's beautiful that's beautiful i like to think (laughs) that it is a the underdog like it's the will of the force and the unwatched unlooked at uh droids they can somehow magically pass yeah. No matter how bad a shot the stormtroopers are, they slaughter most of the rebels. Yeah. And yet, somehow. Somehow. Now, and, somehow. And we accept it with shared M-Way a little bit. Yeah. Because he's one with the Force, and the Force is with him. So you can immediately get behind that. Yeah. We don't think of the Force just randomly decided to protect, protect these droids. But yeah, it could all figure in. Yeah. Again, I enjoy the moment, but I just look at that sometimes, I'm like... If I saw that now as a 40-year-old, <laughs> as a, in, my, in my 40s, I would yeah. freak out. Yep. And that. be overcritical. Absolutely. And it reminds me, Joseph, and maybe the purpose of this list, to just sit back and enjoy things more. Exactly. And I think uh, uh, my number one is about sitting back and relaxing and enjoying things. Right. Not because it's a comedy part of Star Wars at all, but actually because it's one of the coolest parts that I think mm. almost everybody loves. And that is Cloud City in general. Yeah. And Han Solo's Carbon Frozen Fate. Okay. Because I think we have gotten so used to the Star Wars galaxy making its own internal sense. Yeah. That we're losing some of the, just the weirdness and the magic. And when you think Empire Strikes Back, epic blockbuster, one of the first truly successful sequels that continued a story, had so much going, so much weight on it. And we just now accept that that's the story. But what this story of this epic sequel to this epic movie that nothing could be bigger than the first movie. Instead of saying, how can we make it bigger than blowing up the Death Star? They say, we're going to go to just, it's a city in the clouds. It'll look pretty. What does it do? It's basically a factory. (laughs) They make Tabana gas and they wear kind of jumpers. (laughs) Everybody's got pantsuit and lime jumpers. And, uh, it's just kind of a it's just kind of businessy administrationy place <laughs> yeah. that sucks some gas out of the sky. Sounds exciting, right? <laughs> Sounds like bigger than the Death Star. Nobody cared. And then yeah. Han Solo at the height of how cool Han Solo could be, at the height of how cool any character could be. Right. Never tell me the odds. So cool, so charming, so yeah. funny, so unstoppable. What is his big end? He gets frozen for shipping. <laughs> like he is a turkey. Yes. Being delivered yes. to a different state. Yes. Just frozen. And all of it is cool, and we're all fine with it. But if you step back and say, what is all that? It reminds me to be more accepting of strange ideas, and that I even yeah. want more strange ideas. Because it's just weird. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I, I totally get where you're coming from, but to hear you explain it like this is pretty fascinating. But to think of it in these small micro terms and micro, just a, on a micro level, because... The Last Jedi, which is we want it to be more dark than Force Awakens. Yeah. We love Force Awakens, but we want it darker. Kind of a newer story. Oh, you're going to the Canto Bike Casino and all nice. these cool things. If this ended up with some small-scale thing, the, 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 our souls would want to say, oh, it's like Empire. But really, that is a giant risk that they took in Empire. Yeah. Like Irvin Kirshner always says, my, my story was about characters and character moments and 
and I had to do with these little things of dialogue and this, these big reveals, which are accepted now and Empire's praised for it. But yeah, if you were today, pitch, all right, well, Ray, Poe Dameron, they're going to go on this mission. Poe's going to get captured, and he's, he's going to get frozen. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. Are the heroes going to win? Eh, not really. Yeah, he gets basically a space like pushed into a space lift car. Like, <laughs> you know, just something kind of weird and mundane and like, yeah. Yeah. It would be amazing. But the thing is it looks cool. Yeah. It makes sense to the characters, so we never question it. And kudos to those creators back then who are just like, what's the story we want to tell? And not and only worried about upping the ante in terms of do the characters grow? Right. Does the story grow? Do we care more about where this is going? Instead of, is the space station that blows up bigger? Yeah. How big is the explosion? Does right. it all make sense? Is it all badass? And like, great. It but, really makes the risk of Empire seem that much bigger to me. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty fascinating to re- get that rev- revelation even now as a Star Wars fan. <laughs> that you're right. They went to an industrial warehouse. Yep. To end their movie. <laughs> exactly. And then Luke fell out of it. And Luke fell out of Luke it. Luke fell out of the ass of an industrial <laughs> warehouse. And we're like, no, no. So Love that it. is my number one, just uh, uh, how great and silly, in a way, the end of Empire Strikes Back is. And I hope for more great silliness, brave silliness like that. I love it. And that is, I think, the, the heart of what this list is, Joseph. You, uh, you were the one to tell me that we as Star Wars fans get together and agree there was one great movie, one good movie, and the rest are things we can talk about and celebrate. <laughs> uh, um, that, is, that is from your mind. And once I heard that, it, it was like, yeah, that's what's going on here. Yeah. And this is what this is about. We maybe as fans should just sit back and enjoy the ride. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me how heavy BB-8 is. But if a cartoon <laughs> Ray is going to catch BB-8, yeah. I got to be good with it. Exactly. I should have some fun. Unlearn what you have learned. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that is our list of the best silly moments in the original trilogy. You guys can weigh in. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank. Tell us your ideas. Tell us what we missed. And I definitely know there's some that are not on this list. Oh, yeah. We cut some from this list before we went to air tonight. So you guys can tell us that. Also, don't forget we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Force Center. If you sign up and you want to support, we humbly thank you in advance. You'll get a special show, Finish the Fan Fiction, that we do just for our Patreon supporters, and you get to uh, have Q&As, you get to uh, get a lot of other things, and just be part of the Force Center family, Joseph. And we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. We're growing, and uh, we are trying to uh, continue to push our numbers on Twitter and on Facebook, so like the page there, and iTunes is still important as well, Joseph, Absolutely. All the ratings and reviews really help a lot, and we're running a Another, I don't not not a competition. We're we're <laughs> requesting to get up to two hundred and twenty-five ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we'll do another special episode of Databank Brawl featuring main characters. So go check us out on iTunes. Absolutely. So for Joseph, for all the silly moments in Star Wars, including that dragon snake, I'm Ken Napsuck, and this has been Star Wars Ranked.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.